Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gaze. It's the podcast where two Star Wars loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And welcome to the finale of Volume 1 of the original Clone Wars micro series. If you are just joining us, Bradley and I are filling the time between whenever the next thing comes out, be it Obi-Wan Kenobi on May the 25th, or uh, whenever the fuck the Bad Batch is going to come out. <laughs> we still uh, don't know. We still don't know as of recording this. We might have found out by the time this episode airs, but as of recording this, we have no fucking idea. Bradley and I are watching through the original micro-series. We are taking Volume 1, five chapters at a time, and then we'll evaluate how long we want to take to do Volume 2. Stretching or extending it or contracting it to fit the time, as I put it in a text message earlier today, uh, being verse for Lucasfilm's schedule. <laughs> Also worth noting, because I keep interrupting Bradley to do it, but I'm going to say it up front this time, uh, Bradley has never seen the Clone Wars micro-series. I grew up on it. This week we are covering chapters 16 through 20. Starts with, if you're following along with us, that starts with the sequence with Padme and Typho and the droids outside of the ship looking for Yoda. And it ends with the credits. <laughs> the credits okay kind of hard to miss the ending for this yeah one. If, if you're watching on disney plus it's very easy to finish this episode with us because it's very it easy ends. to figure out where we're going to end yeah right. well let's dive right on in bradley what did you think of episodes 16 through 20 uh some padme stuff and then the big duel between anakin and Asajj. yeah i mean this section was pretty much just that um or at least it felt like that when I was watching it, you know, it was very much just Anakin Asajj dueling um, for three chapters. So I actually really enjoyed it um, because it, it you know, leaves you on a cliffhanger. And then it also shows that Anakin's obviously going to become Darth Vader one day and like all kinds of stuff. Like there's just so many little things in there. You're like, oh, I see what they're doing. I think we can finally talk about this and I'll talk about it up front because it overarches the entire three episode duel. Something that really annoyed me about the Clone Wars media prior to the Clone Wars 2008 series was that everything was desperate to show you that Anakin would turn to the dark side, but nothing knew why he turned to the dark side. Clone Wars 2008 had the benefit of where you can watch that show and you can see that Anakin Skywalker is a hero of the Republic but you can also see the very heroic traits like his loyalty to his friends and his desire to do the ethically right thing are the things that are going to lead him down the path to the dark side. This show didn't really have that benefit. A lot of the stuff that came up around that point, especially the Star Wars The Clone Wars video game, did not have the benefit of knowing why Anakin turns to the dark side. So they just were like, um, he's dark, and uh, he's gonna be Darth Vader. They were also kind of building off episode two, which he slaughters a whole bunch of Tuscans in episode two, and it's bad, and that's the characterization they were working off of for him. And this series really leans into it, and that annoys me a lot. Where it's like, 
he comes off kind of as a whiny jackass because they're trying to be like, oh, this is the guy who will eventually be Darth Vader. And it's like, he's Darth Vader right now. You're writing him as Darth Vader walking around in an Anakin suit. Come on, guys. Come on. Which, in fairness, I will give them, they didn't really have episode three to work with. They only really had the production for it. And uh, if you watch the making of episode three, there was a substantial amount of production done before George Lucas finished the first draft. So what did you think? Uh, continuing on what you thought of these episodes, Bradley, I think I hijacked it a little bit from you. Yeah, no, I, like I said, the, the, the first episode kind of feels a little like, okay, we get it. It's a continuation of the, the rest of the Yoda stuff. Like LM arc. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a weird part to add to the LM arc because it doesn't really like, I mean, I get it's showing us like Padme doing something, which I, which is great. And I love that she's doing something, a but it's like. Plus, a plus on Padme actually doing something, which. Yeah. Sometimes media forgets to have her do things, Revenge of the Sith, but this show did actually have her be proactive and go out and try to do something. Right. However, I feel like they undercut it by being like, you're, it's Yoda. Like, Yoda, it can handle himself. Like, so it's kind of like a, her whole entire episode means nothing, because by the time she gets to him at the very end, it's like, oh, oh, you're, you're fine? Oh, okay, great. Like, and he, like, kind of saves her, in a way, like... It's just interesting. You're like... I do like how competent all of the female characters that we have are in this yes. micro-series. I do think that is cool, and I think that was an important step on the journey to more inclusivity in Star Wars, mm-hmm. was the way that media like this showed, because you have... Padme, who is shown to be relatively competent in this. You know, she's clever. She figures out a way. Now we'll get to the way that she actually uses, but she figures out a way to reveal the droids so she can destroy them. We have Asajj Ventress, who is terrifyingly efficient. Yes. Uh, right up until the tide of battle turns. We have Luminar and Barris, who are shown to be very capable Jedi in their own right. It's not an issue of, oh, they couldn't handle it, so Yoda had to come and rescue. Like, they're shown to be very good at right. what they do, and they were just overwhelmed. And Jedi aren't gods. And then Yoda, you know, came in and rescued them. So I like that there's no real female characters in this city, in this series that are like just kind of there Mm. they're all very proactive and they're all very capable and i do like that about this show it needed more female characters but star wars needed to add more of those in general around this time frame for sure so yeah well we pick up with padme and she follows yoda to try to help him out because she's worried he hasn't come back for a while um she gets ambushed by some droids, concocts a plan to like, she tosses her cloak out, shoots the droid, and there's like three VO. Can you go get my coat? <laughs> Which is treated as this very funny moment, but I also don't feel like 2008 Clone Wars Padme. I don't feel like she would put three VO in danger like that. Yeah, no, I think that was very much like uh, we need some comic relief something right here. Like that's all it was played off as. Like it doesn't feel right. Like it actually, you know what it even feels like? It feels more like the droids show. From, I was like, literally about days. to say yeah. that. I was about to say it's very droids with Anthony Daniels doing his, oh no, woe is me. Yeah. I have become trapped in the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of deal. Yoda shows up. They've rescued uh, Luminara and Barris. Uh, I do like that this 
implies sort of a friendship between Yoda and Padme that I don't really think we get to see elsewhere. Yeah, she kind of like not reveres him, but you know what I mean? Like she's like, oh, like if Anakin likes you so much, like I should also like you. So she like wants that Well, but also, well, it also feels like they have a, a like an actual friendship. Like she probably yeah. knew him when she was a senator and he was grandmaster of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Like, sure, she's not going to run into a random Padawan for years, but she probably saw Yoda around the Senate. Like, they clearly, she, she knows who he is in Attack of the Clones. So I did like that. They're like, this is the funniest fucking thing to me. They're like, revealed the secret location of our temple is. We have been betrayed. And I'm sitting there like, I wonder what former Jedi revealed yeah. the location of your secret temple. That's what I don't understand about any of the characterization stuff with Dooku. It's like he knows all your secrets, so it's not like much of a secret. Like it's, it's like it pops up and he's like, Dooku, who the fuck else was it gonna be? Right. <laughs> like, come on. It was the one guy who'd walked away from the Jedi Order. Like, obviously, he knew where your hidden temple was. He was a Jedi master. He trained Padawans. He trained Qui-Gon. He obviously knows. Ugh such a ridiculous like quote-unquote plot twist like it's not a plot twist they should have known that he knew where it was and was going to send droids cut to anakin uh landing on yavin 4 (laughs) okay sure here we'll get to that in just a second but he wanders off for a bit and then a bunch of clones show up that obi-wan sent Mm -hmm. i love the little exchange where he's like obi-wan yes sir like like, he knows immediately like okay fine go help be useful and then we get like this like horror sequence of asajj just picking the clones off one by one yeah which is very cool but also it's like the clones are super disposable in this yeah and like you said before like we we see the helmet of one of them fall off or something like that but there's obviously no head in there so it's like what happened to that clone (laughs) yeah like he just whoop he's gone yep like they didn't animate a face for him at all yeah they're just like they're completely disposable they're there to establish that asajj is scary i did think it's funny that she murders all the clones and then anakin turns around he's like something's not right yeah it's like uh dude have you not felt like your the force you know your peter tingle like has been like going off like your anakin tingle is your um, anakin tingle not going off to let you know that the fucking clones are all dead like yeah like what is going on here anakin like come on dude something's not right yeah no right. shit buddy have you tried checking in with the clones so he runs back to the clearing and he sees one clone by the ship and he's like what happened and then the ship blows up and then uh his starfighter blows up which uh rip r4 uh very sad so is that Uh, that would be sorry is that is that a like a canon mistake because in revenge of the sith r4 shows up again great question let's find out jesus there were a lot of r4s oh well good lord there were a lot of r4s holy shit so i guess it means nothing that it's r4 yeah no i there's literally so many r4s so apparently it is not the same r4 uh as the one that obi-wan uses apparently it is a different r4 uh there are a lot of r4s 
<laughs> apparently clearly because they keep getting their head cut off every single five minutes so. so i don't i don't know which r4 it is there's like a dozen of them i have no answer to this question for you Assange ventress shows up <laughs> great loves her uh she just walks through the fire like a fucking badass love that so in the immortal words of george lucas they fight and here's the thing right here's yeah. why she takes him to yavin four one it is absolutely steeped in the dark side mm. just absolutely dripping with the stuff in legends like this is the former temple of a guy named Dexar Kuhn. it is a big dark side nexus like huge deal she also so she definitely picked a planet where she was going to be more powerful and you can also kind of tell that she knows the battlefield terrain mm, that's true so yeah, she very obviously scouted ahead and knew exactly where she was directing him that makes sense actually now that i think about it maybe this is like where she was training or something you know some kind of like whatever like she she clearly knew where this was so yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like okay i pick a dark side planet and it's going to be a place where i've like she's gone and at least walked around and been like, mm-hmm. okay, here's how I'm going to direct this fight to wear him out uh, and gradually strip away layers of his clothing, which thanks for that. That I was definitely that. necessary. He's slowly but surely getting naked. Thank you. Correct. Which is, he doesn't quite get shirtless, but man, we got so close there. Get pretty close. Uh, he's, he's at least wet because it starts raining. He so is like, very yeah. wet. It does start raining. Did you notice the way that the lightsabers like fizzle in the rain? Like the the attention to detail is so good in this because you're like, um, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Like steam would start coming off these things because they're just fucking heat, you know, just evaporate the water. Like, I don't know why we haven't ever had this before, but. The level of thought and detail that was put into this series is incredible. The animation Mm -hmm. just, it, it, it walks the line between being a spectacle and being handled with very great care and attention to detail. It's, it's incredible. It's truly incredible to look at. Right. Uh, so they have a fight. They have more fight. And I, I identify there's a moment where he like kicks her and she stumbles back. That is the moment I identified as the point where the tide sort of turns. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at it, trying to see like where he previously, that. yeah, previously there's a sense where she's leading him around, mm, okay. and at that point she starts running away. So when when she leads him into the when she runs into the temple and he follows her and she's running up the stairs and she's like tossing the pillar after him. Yeah, it's more of a sense that she's running away. Interesting. Okay. And I also like the color theory here. Like she's obviously highlighted in the red because her lightsabers are red, his is blue, and they're like single colored. Yes. I did love that. Outside. Yeah. There is, yeah, there is also a point that I have noted on later where uh, where he will actually switch to red. And in universe, you know, it's because you know they're under the they're under the the planet, the actual planet Yavin. But out of universe it's because he's going more and more to the dark side right 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 which yeah the color theory here and like it's super on the nose but that is fine this is a super on the nose show and i do love that i want to take a minute to highlight just here just how incredible the music is for this mm-hmm. like there's points where they're using john williams score there's points where they're using uh another score 
trying to look up to find who the composer is, but IMDb doesn't list it on the brief glance that I can see. This is the thing Charles didn't research before we started the episode. Yeah, I can't find it, but shout out to whoever the composer was cool. for this because it's it's some incredible music. When it does have music, I talked in a previous episode about the silence, how good the silence is when they use it and when they use music, it's incredible. Uh, Anakin is in Red Now and just beats the crap out of Asajj. Yeah. Like he goes full on dark side, like he gets like the red lightsaber because she like knocks the blue away and he has the red and like, we get it. You're going to become Darth Vader. <laughs> We get it. We get, are you sure? Wait a minute. He becomes Darth Vader? Yeah. Yeah. Shockingly, <laughs> after seeing this, I know you would be surprised. Yeah, it's it's not like you can tell, you know. But yeah, he eventually becomes Darth Vader. <laughs> and then they have like the bit where he's like whacking her with the lightsaber and it's like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Yeah, Yoda. it's very like whack, whack. Like, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's, like, not a nice thing to do when you're fighting. <laughs> like, in context, it's like, oh, this is him getting very close to the dark side. Taken in the broad, overarching, sort of everything that was coming out at the time, this is not the only time he will come very close to the dark side, and that's kind of a problem with the overarching stuff. But this is kind of the core arc for Anakin, is he gets real close to the dark side. Then is like, um, this was a bit of a mistake, maybe. Of course, we don't dwell on this because we only have three minutes for the finale. But yep, Asajj Ventress goes down into the the chasm, which is we know because we didn't see a body. She's coming back. But okay, so what's the difference between okay? So this is the quote unquote last time we see her until the next season. So what's the time jump there? Uh, she is, I, I will go ahead and quell your expectations. She is not in 21 through 25. Wait, she's not? Because she is not in 21 through 25. What? I will quell your expectations. So you will see what, wait. you will see what 21 through 25 is. Okay. You will but, see where this is going. Wait, that's pretty shocking though, because so that means like theoretically in terms of what if we're you're seeing, watching just this show, this yeah, is the end of Asajj Ventures. Yeah. She is fucking everywhere after this in the comics and books. Uh, they loved her in the comics. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was like, comics, she's in dark. That's crazy. Okay, so the, the, she's quote unquote dead at this point then. Like, she's she's gone. Like, she's done. Like, as far as we know. For the purposes of the Clone Wars micro series, she yes. is gone. She is Oh my dead. God, that's crazy. Uh, but she just popped up all over the place. Like I said, she was most right. prevalent in the comics. She was a very good like villain that they could bring up just for them to fight. Uh, Crazy. Okay. I'm just looking at some other things she might have been in. She was in a couple of the books. She was in the Sister Deception. She was in Jedi Trial. She was in Yoda Dark Rendezvous, which is the big one she shows up in. She has a real big scene in Dark Rendezvous. Uh, but mostly she was in the comics. Well, damn, gone too soon. Yeah, uh, she got a pretty interesting ending in the the comics. Um, Perhaps later or perhaps elsewhere, I will talk about the difference between her canon ending in Dark Disciple and her Legends ending. Well, we hop back over to (laughs) Munalist. Okay, we need to talk about this because this is like... 
just the first three like seconds of this we, we have to talk about this jedi this okay so this <laughs> dude that shows up his name is volveth man i'm sorry uh, oh. volveth mon mon okay. volveth mon i fucking did this when i took my notes i wrote volveth man okay and then went that's not right i'm thinking of elzar man and i'm like uh, no i'm gonna write down in big capital letters uh volveth mon so Volvith I don't say Volveth Man on the air. And then I fucking said it anyway because I have High Republic brain rot. So they did a contest. Uh, like it was a poll. So okay. you could vote which Jedi would show up in the finale of the Clone Wars. Because at okay. the time, this was billed as the finale. Gotcha. This guy won. The Wolfman won. It was between him and two other Jedi. And without spoiling too much... Uh, I will not yet tell you who those other two Jedi are. Oh, because it's relevant in the next. It's relevant season. in the next block of episodes. Dang it! Okay, fine. Well, that's a good teaser for uh, all our you need to know, then, you know. All you need to know is this gentleman shows up because he was a poll winner of the huh. one that people wanted to see the most. They wanted to see a werewolf with a lightsaber. Got it. They wanted to see a werewolf with a lightsaber. That is not even the wildest fucking thing in this chapter. So. I know that's not even the craziest thing, but now that I'm seeing this, like in the show, I'm like, so when the fuck do we get a werewolf in the live action now? Because if I don't see a werewolf person in uh, Mandalorian season three, I'm rioting. Like, why? I need more werewolf Jedis in my life. Bradley, <laughs> would it uh, delight you to learn that there has already been a werewolf in Star Wars? In fact, I'm pretty sure there has been this specific species in Star Wars. Well, Do I mean, you want I've seen to know? It in New Hope, but uh, okay, you jump to yeah, it's uh, it's in New it's in New Hope. There's like a Wolfman mask because when they did right. the Cantina, they went out and bought a bunch of masks. Right, and that's why like that, there's like, just randomly slapped them yeah. onto people. No, but don't they replace it? Yeah, no. So they no, but they replace them in the special edition. So the Wolfman gets replaced by something no, else. Yes, no, he's in, uh, yes, no, he's it's listening. some ugly I'm ass thing. Lack, uh, lack Sivrak. I'm, I'm looking at him right now. Oh, oh. It gets replaced by some ugly ass You're alien. Right. In the it special edition. It gets replaced editions. by an ugly ass alien. However. Which made me so uh, mad because I love the Wolfman from the original. So Lack Sivrak is his name. Okay. He is, it looks like, still canon. Right. Even though they took him out of the movie. Even though they took him out of the movie, he is still technically canon. But well, this was this was a Wolfman, and there was also a Wolfman in the pre nineteen ninety seven. Which uh, Disney, you own Fox now. Well, I don't like this, but you do own Fox. You can <laughs> release the original theatrical cuts. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true that they haven't done that. But... Hashtag release the Wolfman cut. Yeah, Wolfman cut. Hashtag release the Wolfman cut. Let's go. Yeah, but the Wolfman is here. That's that. wild absolutely goddamn wild uh anakin lands and demonstrates that he's supposed to have had a character arc here he has however learned nothing through this he lands and he's like oh maybe it was a mistake to run off into the obvious trap but i won and obi-wan correctly makes the point of like uh you won a battle you shouldn't have fought however they are interrupted 
by a Jedi calling desperately for aid to the planet of Hypori because the new droid general of the Confederacy of Independent Systems is fucking massacring them on Hypori. <laughs> and then he dies and a foot steps on it, the hollow communicator. And it is the foot of our first appearance ever of General Grievous. Oh, yes. And oh boy, is there some disconnect between the Grievouses. <laughs> Bradley, what, what did you think uh, generally of this General Grievous throughout this next sequence? What I think of what? generally of General Grievous? <laughs> generally of General <laughs> Grievous. What do you generally think? Um, so he gave me uh i wrote down um a very like he gave me like vampire vibes like very much like like not edward cullen but you know what i mean like a true dracula like he's got the cape and he's very slender and he's very like you know like you never know where he is like he's like hidden like even though he's staunch white against the background like his color theory or whatever there is like he's literally white against everything else so it's very interesting that he's white um since he's the villain, which is like a weird color choice for a villain, but um, because they're you friendly, know, black, so. friendly reminder uh, if you didn't pick up that Bradley and I went to the same college, <laughs> uh, and color theory was at least a course that I was forced to take my freshman year. Yep. Uh, Bradley, I think you went to a different college first, so I don't know if you were able to well, you, overwrite that, or did you have to no, go to color? You had theory? to take it. Everybody has to do color theory in their first year of going to that school so no matter I what never, time you enter <laughs> i have never mentioned this but a piece of charles lore uh part of the reason that i did not finish my second degree which was the one i met bradley in uh was because i was i had taken some time off to examine whether or not i wanted to take and pay for a year's worth of gen ed classes or if I just wanted to take the knowledge that I'd gotten from the TV courses we took together. And I ended up not coming back after that. But the general classes at our school were a bunch of things like art history and color theory and 2D design. And it's like, I had some opinions about that, but that's for a different podcast. Uh, yes, <laughs> there's some interesting color theory going on here with Grievous and how he's like compared to the other droids. Yeah. Because he's much, like, shinier and whiter than he is in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I noticed that. He also sounds fucking terrifying in this. Like, again, imagine you're 13 years old, and this has come on your TV. Right. Uh, when did Revenge of the Sith come out? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is 2005. This aired in 2004. I want to say. Uh, yes, 2004. So this is the first time you have ever seen General Grievous. You have not seen Revenge of the Sith. You're watching this right. and you know that General Grievous sort of is coming, but he shows up and he's this. And he talks like this very erudite, like, I will permit you a warrior's death. And then he like just shows up and massacres a bunch of Jedi. Like imagine being 13 and seeing this. Oh, so good. And then a year later, Revenge of the Sith comes out. 
Wait, is it you're telling me there's of, a difference between the two? Wait, what? Well, Lucas sort of intended General Grievous to be kind of this Saturday morning cartoon villain. He always loses. He's ridiculous. Got it. You know, he is threatening, but he's not like Palpatine levels of terrifying. Like he's, he's your average G.I. Joe villain. And then uh, the Clone Wars animators took that and went, what if he's fucking brutalizing the Jedi? Yeah, what if he's a literal Jedi killing machine? Like, that's literally all he is. <laughs> Which technically in canon he is, because he has the lightsabers. All they were working off of was his basic design. Okay. And they were working off of he kills Jedi. Well, it's interesting because we get to see where he gets his lightsabers from in this, right? Some of them, yes. Yeah, so... That's cool because, yeah, you know, we never got to really see that. So it was cool that... It's it's interesting because... Uh, so Grievous is voiced by a gentleman. I'll just skip to the voice actor here. Voiced by a gentleman named, named uh, Richard McGonagall. Okay. Uh, Matthew Wood, who would do the voice of Grievous for everything ever, I do not think had been cast. Uh... It, I don't think he was voicing the role. I think, and I need to double check this because I'm not sure... They may have still been trying to get Gary Oldman to do it at the time that they animated this. Mm. So it is highly possible that this was the performance they were expecting Gary Oldman to give. And then Matthew Wood uh, auditioned himself, even though he wasn't supposed to, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Yeah, Grievous here. Very interesting. So there's a couple of Jedi in the room. We're not going to talk about all of them. But I want to highlight one in particular. The gentleman who runs out and gets crushed by Grievous. Okay. Do you want, do you know what this dude's name is, Bradley? Is it like, uh, crush tie something? Like, it's just like, it's like a joke, like on how he dies. Pull him up and who does he look like? Um, he looks a lot like Luke Skywalker, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> you're gonna i'm gonna say it and you're gonna be you're gonna be is it shaggy from (laughs) scooby-doo so the character's name is shaggy shut up Shaggy. i was just kidding but he actually does look like shaggy from scooby he even has the same chin hair shaggy yep he has a giant reference shaggy no joke dude's name is shaggy i'm surprised he wasn't like in the middle of this like thing he's like i'm getting out of here man like and then runs out (laughs) he kind of does actually a little bit yeah so general grievous just fucking murders everybody Mm -hmm. uh beats the shit out of uh shakti and i'm totally blanking on her name the blue twi'lek ala sakura beats the shit out of Kills a whole bunch of, of Padawans, beats the shit out of Shakti and Elisakura and Kiari Mundi. Kiari Mundi's still standing up. Uh, General Grievous leaps up into the air to bring his lightsabers down on Kiari Mundi. And we cut to credits. And that was it for a year. A year. Wow. That was how season two of this show ended. And the next episode would not premiere until a year later, March 21st, 2005. That's a long time, but okay. Uh, In season three, which was, I am double checking something real fast, uh, which season three is going to lead us into attack, uh, not attack of the clones, into revenge of the Sith. But this is where it ended for a year. 
So now, does Revenge of the Sith come out in the interim time between the two? No. So interestingly enough, and we'll get into it in... In, in the next uh, episode, okay. The next episode or series of episodes, as of recording this, we don't know what the Bad Batch means by, quote, spring 2022, end quote. We don't know if that's going to come out in April. We don't know if that's going to come out in July. Got it. We got no idea. So we're either going to have to do the next one in multiple batches or we're going to do one episode for the whole season three we don't know at this time but gotcha this ended and then it was a year later and that was that came out in march that was a week in march that it aired and it was in march revenge of the sith came out in may although uh it was sort of interesting because we kind of knew what the plot for revenge of the sith was at that point like I, I've talked in previous episodes that I got spoiled for Sidious's face uh, on like a, the back of a cereal box. And like, it used to be that you could like go on to like hyperspace club members or whatever could go on and literally watch a live stream of the filming of Revenge of the Sith. And like, I accidentally read the first three fourths of it in comic books at my friend's house. Like spoiler culture was not a thing but yes that is where we ended for a year absolutely wild shit uh obviously i've mentioned that's richard mcgonagall is the voice of general grievous uh he's a gentleman that's been in quite a few things um another one of those voice actors uh he was in dragon age origins uh, but i don't know who he played because it just says additional voices i'm not going to check if he's done the disney trifecta I've checked too much of that tonight. We only care about the ladies, so. That is true. That is true. Because clearly the 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 women of Star Wars are the only people who can hit the Disney trifecta, it looks like. Correct. Yes. Well, to Although credit where credit is due, the one uh, shuttle pilot <laughs> in Mandalorian uh, season two, episode eight was did hit the disney trifecta you're the only for the only time i even remember that is if you ever bring it up it literally <laughs> i always forget every single time like i always think like ming is the only person in my brain that has hit it in live action and i'm like now ming, ming now when is the undisputed queen yes of she, the disney trifecta she, oh, she kind of is uh, our because our she has inspiration she has led one, she is a Disney princess. Right. Two, she has appeared in live action and animated in a Disney thing. And she co-led a Marvel TV show. And she co-led a Star Wars TV show. So she's the undisputed yeah, she, queen. She but is the she has She has a lovely court of people who have also completed the Disney trifecta. I do want to shout out Andre. I am so sorry. I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this last name. Sogliuzo? Andre Sogliuzo, who is the voice of Captain Typho, Captain Fordo, and anytime you hear the clones, he is that guy, including other characters who will pop up in season three. But I didn't want to let it go. I didn't mention him in any of the other episodes. But I did want to mention him here, that he does voice all of the clones. So anytime you hear a clone, that is Andre Sogliuzo. Bradley, what are your final thoughts on the Asajj Ventures versus Anakin Skywalker? Uh, and then also General Grievous is here murdering people. 
Well, I'm sad that, you know, Asajj Ventress is gone. I, I didn't know that because I, like I said, I haven't finished the last bit of this micro series. So I only watched the first two. Well, because the way Disney Plus has it set up is it's split into two. So you can watch the first half, which is one through 20. And then you can watch the second half, which is 21 through 25. Um, so I've only watched the first half up till this recording. Um, I, you know, in the interim weeks, as we start to release these and how we release them depends on when I'm going to watch it. Um, because I'm going to save it until we need to watch it. If that makes sense, I'm going to hold off for a little bit, but I'm sad that she's not going to show up again. Um, because like I said, she, she was my favorite character in the Clone Wars TV show. So seeing her in this, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like the origin of her character essentially. And you know, the character design, everything. I love her so much. Um, sad that she's gone from that. But I think you'll be very, very, very excited to see what's coming up in the third season because uh, they kicked the episode length up. Interesting. To 15 okay, yeah. minutes. I see that I enjoy. And then I also like that, even though he's only being introduced here at the end, another one of my favorite characters, just in general terms of design and just. In general, I love General Grievous. <laughs> um, oh, in general, do you in like general, general Grievous? In general, in general, I like General Grievous. Um, I, I do like him. Uh, actually, I thought it was really funny how in this episode he's fighting with his foot at one point. Um, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh, we didn't mention that, but I thought that was fucking hilarious, first of all. Uh, second of all, um, it shows you that they didn't know what was going on in Revenge of the Sith yet because... He literally has four arms in Revenge of the Sith, or two arms and split into two, or two arms and split into four. <laughs> but it's interesting that I, he's using a foot to fight in this one. It's hilarious. I love the bit where he like grabs the guy by the head and just smashes his head down in. They show it full yes. out. They don't cut away or anything. They show the dude getting crushed. They should have. This was fucking horrifying to watch if you were a kid. I'm like, surprised that like terrifying. They showed you that. Came away, yeah. Scared shitless of General oh, Grievous. Love it. And even when they showed the close-up of his eye, I thought that was so cool because they do that again in Revenge of the Sith, which I thought was interesting because in this, they show the close-up of his eye, which is like a, uh, it's like, it's just like a more detailed shot, right? When you show his eye at the end. Um, and then when we see it again in Revenge of the Sith, you can see like the eye and you can see like the, the liquid coming out of his eye you know what i mean like you can just see like the his eyes all watery or whatever and like his skin under his eye is gross and like not moldy he has you know what I mean? he has a human eye like it's interesting because yeah. they talk about him as the droid commander the droid commander of the siege, right. the, the droid commander of, of the siege or whatever and then you see him and it's like no he's got an organic eye yeah that's really it's creepy but it's cool do you have any other thoughts bradley I have no thoughts. I'm excited to see where the Clone Wars is going. I really don't know where the story is taking us. So it's very interesting. Yes. In season three, they finally knew what was in the script for Revenge of the Sith. So, <laughs> so they weren't just making it up as they went along. Uh, a little bit of information. I do want to circle back before we close the book on volume one, because mm -hmm. this was mostly a volume one thing. I do want to answer a question that you asked all the way back in episode one which okay. for us was about three hours ago. But for our <laughs> listeners was at all, probably about a month ago. Right. You asked this question. You asked to know what shows it was around. 
okay. like yeah like what shows it was sandwiched in between i do not have the answer for the preceding show the one that came directly before this but i do have some interesting facts about it mm-hmm. most notably that According to Wikipedia, in addition to being shown in television, episodes were released online simultaneously on the Star Wars and Cartoon Network websites. Ah. So it was one of our first episodes of a first instances of a streamed show that I can ah. think of to where you could go on and watch it online. Now, Star Wars uh, Wikipedia does clarify that you had to be a member of the Hyperspace fan club to get it simultaneously online. But you could get it simultaneously there, or you could get it the next day on cartoonnetwork.com or starvers.com. So you actually go watch this online, which was pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, and they were heavily promoting it. And it was originally shown prior to their, right before their popular Friday night programming block, Fridays. Huh. So right before the big primetime Whenever it would drop on Friday, it was timed to drop right right before their big programming block. So it would lead you into their huge block there. So that is some additional information for you about the Clone Wars as far as the release goes. Do we have any final thoughts on Volume 1 as a whole? Uh, as a whole, um, I, I do like that Disney put it kind of like one half and then another half. I do kind of wish almost that they would have edited it together in arcs rather than had it been like one hour block in part for part one and then another hour block for part two, especially since if you look up online, it's billed as season one, season two and season three, um, just in general. And like they can do this because they should have done it the way they did Blips, where Blips is like 30 seconds, but each one is its own episode. I do right. wish that they had broken it up and so you could clearly see the different episodes. But yeah, alas, they yeah, is kind decided of a to cut it choice. together. Which I mean it flows very much like a film if oh no, for you sure. Don't know that it's supposed to be an animated you may be wondering like why are we popping off for kit fisto for five minutes when that has no relevance in the plot whatsoever right it does flow very much like a film and especially volume one heavy in particular but it is telling one coherent story over the course of it it's just like a crazy nostalgia trip for me because like i said i was the perfect age to like remember this like I remember this coming out and I remember the deal this was because this was just when I was getting into the expanded universe because I didn't really get into the expanded universe until around the point that Attack of the Clones started coming out. Up until that point, I was very the movies because I was super young. I was super young when I was watching the original trilogy and I was eight when the Phantom Menace came out. So this was sort of my first gateway, but this was my first steps into a larger world. So it was interesting to revisit it and it will be interesting to revisit season three later on. But all right, Bradley, well, that's it for volume one. Uh, We will let the people know ahead of time uh, how we are going to handle volume two. Hopefully by the time this comes out, we will have some sort of fucking release date for the Bad Batch. Dear and that will God. determine how we do the next section. Cause like if, if for some reason, like we're halfway through releasing this um, and we're, they're like, by the way, Bad Batch comes at the end of March. We're going to be like, Oh fuck. So if they <laughs> we'll do like, we're banking on the fact that it'll be at least, at least five weeks from 
when this episode, but the first episode premieres right. of our run here, uh, at least a month and a half from now before they, because we haven't even gotten a trailer for Bad Batch. Nothing. It, we haven't got nothing. Although they did announce the release date for Book of Boba Fett uh, a month before. So we will keep you guys updated on how fast we're going to do volume two and whether or not we will be going into Bad Batch or Obi-Wan Kenobi. But until then, Bradley, do you want to sit run the social so you don't have to see me for a month? Sounds good to me. Just kidding. You can't escape me. I have your direct phone number. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Email us at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at goldsquadgaze. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze. 